0: This is a production of Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. The Ball Report with Jacob Warren, and we get right to the first you about Bassey Lawn and Garden. and Bassey, I can tell you David Bassey is one that wants the Tennessee and Alabama rivalry to continue. That's what we'll be talking about today with SEC Spring Meetings in Destin, Florida. But Fasting Lawn and Garden, man, when it comes to new equipment pre-owned, whatever the case may be or service, they have it all. They have been there and open for six days a week year round and they have the top of history decades that you would expect out of someone who gets great customer service and they've got the Toro brand Toro count on it over 20,000 parts in stock 0% APR for up to 48 months so Jacob let's get right to it the SEC spring meetings well first of all how are you sir? I'm very good. How are you? Summertime. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm well. Um, it is summertime. Summertime's nice. Summertime means SEC spring meetings in Sandestin, Florida. A lot of big time decisions to be made that I know are several levels up both of us. Uh, but when we talk about the Tennessee Alabama game, that's one that I believe will be preserved. But with two teams in Texas and Oklahoma coming in. I think anything's kind of up in the air a little bit. So, how important being you know being a guy whose dad played at Tennessee, his family's played at Tennessee, plays at Tennessee, and raised in East Tennessee, how important is that rivalry? Yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> obviously, I think that, at least to me, ob- I'm obviously the other fan bases, it's different, but that's one of like the staple rivalries, right, and the staple matchups in SEC and has been for years now, right? It's good dates back till, like, since my dad is playing, like you said. And um, I think just as like someone that's from here too, um, obviously it's huge just because that game is so so exciting for so many people and so um, everyone's really invested and, and everyone really is concerned with how we do against Alabama, right? And that's like we could do however against Missouri, however against Vanderbilt, but it's about how would you do against Alabama? And so, I think taking that away, I mean, obviously, would we'll make some changes and stuff. Whatever, whatever they end up designing to do is what they do. But I think that that's one that that should be preserved every year um, for the the yearly matchup.
0: But is is there one game just as as Jacob Warren the, the individual that mm-hmm. is there one team you like beating or you would most like to beat more than any other team or how do you view it? Yeah, I mean
1: obviously you approach the the week the same every time um but i think for me like like florida got to, like <laughs> that's that's the one game that in my head i'm like wow like i really like I, I would just really like to beat these dudes you know what i mean like when obviously you go into you go into that every week and that's that's not what i'm trying to say but it's something different about florida i think for, for me <laughs>
0: That's as understandable. It's earlier, early in the year as well, which I, I think creates that anticipation, gives you something to think. about. I know you're looking at the first opponents, but it's hard right. you know, going way back to not think about Florida.
1: For sure, yeah. And that's like I mentioned; like all the games leading up to it are everyone like are just as important. You know, I mean they're they they count towards towards your record, and that's you know you'll you'll be remembered by that, but. For sure, Florida is the one I'm I'm looking forward to. They got to come up here this year, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
0: What's your uh, favorite um, Tennessee? Going back to Tennessee, Alabama in that series. What's what's your first or maybe favorite moment uh, memory of that series? Either being in it or being maybe a young man and watching. Just kind of your what do you remember from that series? Um, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me, like.
1: Obviously, 22 years old, and ever since I have been, like, able to remember, right, Alabama has been a pretty dominant force in college football in general. So, like, never had – like, we've never – I've never actually seen Tennessee dominate Alabama in a way that I feel like I want to see. You know what I mean? That I expect. So, um, I think it was my first first time – it was my first year traveling, so it must have been – 2020 season, I guess. That was when we were at Alabama, right? No. 2019
0: season. Yeah, 2019 win. Out of the lane given year, the block by Mount Cody. No, yeah. you're talking about 2000. I think it was 2019. I was on the team. 2019. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. And, I, and I was actually at Alabama.
1: We were at the state, like at their place. And, like, gave them you know what I mean? Like, really competed I felt like. And it kind of came down to really just a couple of plays that kind of set that game apart. And so seeing that, I have a completely different like mentality on that rivalry every year because you know what I mean like no one they also obviously have great talent, great players, a lot of depth, great coaches but <clears throat> just seeing the fact that you know what I mean we were so like we were so close and like if when we're watching film if we can correct this, not not make that mistake, not get that penalty, whatever it may be. That game's like totally different, and so now I'm able to approach that game. You know, as a competitor, I've always approached it as like, yeah, we can win. We can win any game. Like any, any, like they put their pants on the same way. But like that truly kind of opened my eyes to see like they truly do put their pants on the same way. They make mistakes just like we do. So if we can capitalize on all of theirs and minimize however many we're making, know, we're gonna have a shot to beat anybody. So I think that was that was a big moment, I guess, in that. If you want to talk about that rivalry? I guess for me,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, year two uh, under Josh Heupel, do you feel mm-hmm. like defenses will be better prepared to handle the tempo? Um, maybe I don't know. It's
1: <clears throat> it's one of those things like you can prepare for it all you want. Um, Leading up to the game, you know, the, of of week the week of game prep for us, you can, you know, try to get your scout team to simulate our our tempo. You can try to, you know, make the the managers, the ball boys, whatever, spot the ball real quick and do all this stuff and try to try to emulate simulate exactly how it's going to be. But <clears throat> I don't think anyone truly will be like prepared for it. Obviously, they'll they'll expect it. But it's still, it's still, it's still going the same as it was this year. You know what I mean? Like, all I'm trying to say, I think they'll they'll expect and they'll know what's coming. But just a matter of whether they're able to to uh, adapt and to
0: perform against it is is a different a different thing. I was wondering particularly. I was thinking about Alabama in particular because they run tempo. Nobody goes as tempo as you guys. Okay. So whenever I say tempo realize I'm talking relative. You guys are this fast. Everybody else is like, so they do run tempo on offense. So I'm sure they run tempo, high tempo in practice. Yeah. When you face teams like that, does it, Help them prepare. Do you think? Do you see on the field that maybe they're more used to going against higher tempo?
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> Ole Miss is a good example, right? Because yeah, we played Ole Miss last year. Their offense is very similar to our offense because the coordinators have worked together. Our cor- our high pool and their coordinator like there's it's like the same family of offense, right? So, going into that week, we knew Ole Miss obviously did what they did, but we knew that they would understand how to handle our tempo. Again,
0: they chose to do it in a certain way. We won't get into that. We've talked about it before. But Jacob's not saying it, but there may have been some cramping issues. I'm sorry, Jacob, go ahead. For sure, right. Not enough Gatorade on the sidelines. <clears throat> but um, like teams like that
1: understand because they go against their own team. Our defense is ready for anyone's tempo because we run, we're one of the fastest teams in the country, right? So playing against it in fall camp, spring ball, um, a little bit during the season, whatever it may be, they're so used to the tempo that, you know, anyone can run tempo against us and it's nothing compared to what our defense has seen. So I think that's an advantage for us. But I think for sure, like Alabama, the people that that run the tempo offense where they're calling plays and trying to get get the ball snapped are, are probably better prepared for, for a team like us than someone who sits back there, waits for a call or waits for a signal in the huddle and, breaks the huddle with 10 seconds left on the, on the clock and stops you know what I mean this I get that and I can appreciate that offense because I'm sure they're much less tired than we are but it's I mean it's it's all just at the end of the day it's all just playing the game, it's one-on-one matchups if you're if you're more tired than I am I can run by you because you can't handle the eighth play of the drive and it's only been a minute and a half then that's our <laughs> that's good
0: for us so that that fatigue of your alls tempo. Yeah. I know we got kind of sidetracked on scheduling, but I'll get back to that. That fatigue on your own tempo, does it affect teams more during a drive or at the end of the game or both?
1: I'd say both. Um, so the thing with the tempo, right, is we're not, we're not subbing. So they can't sub. So all their big defense alignment and stuff that they got in there, they're having to run. You know, they might have just taken on a double team, and that's tiring in itself. And then they had to run down the ball. And then they come back and they're trying to get a signal from their sideline. They're looking over. They are not. Even, they don't even have their hand in the ground and we're already about to snap the ball. So that creates a lot of panic mentally. And so when obviously whenever you're panicked mentally, when you're not locked in, when you're kind of like scrambling, then that just kind of leads to a whole nother load of issues. And then, you know, now we're busting the big run and they've got to run down there and get set get their call but we already have our call we're ready to roll you know i mean it's just Mm -hmm. it's a compiling thing where you know they just never we try to never give them a break and that wears them down through a series or through the through one drive say one drive is you know we've had i've been in in the drive where it's been 11 12 13 plays right and so all this is happening so quickly it's hard for anybody to go 12 13 plays in a row that fast especially us like like I'll be the first one to say, it. like, we all get tired. It's not like we're just out there and not tired. But we understand that we're better conditioned than everyone else. And we're able to handle it and be able to con- continue to function mentally whenever our body's tired. So I think that's the biggest thing that people aren't used to is being able to function while being extremely tired. And then doing it for four quarters, for four quarters is also another
0: struggle in itself. Visit with Jacob Warren, the fall report brought to you by Vassy Lawn and Garden. Check them out. Toro count on it. Quality and customer service. You can find it right there in beautiful Cleveland, Vassy Lawn and Garden. Click on them right here to learn more, whether it's blowers, edgers, trimmers, or the actual mower that you need. So is there been one time that you're like, I'm too tired, I'm subbing out? I mean, I'm sure there has, but has there been times where you didn't want to come out, but you knew you had to because of the tempo, because of the length of the drop? I mean, we have, like, a system for, you know,
1: letting people know, letting the coach know that we're tired. Like, hey, I'm tired. Don't give me the ball. Or, hey, like, I need to get out as soon as possible. But that doesn't mean you can just sub out, right? We have our tempo going. So, like, I mean, I'm not going to talk to you like you don't understand because you do, but for people who don't, if I if I sub out as an offensive player, if I run out of the game, then the, the referee is gonna go stand over the ball, not let anyone then not let the ball be snapped until the defense gets a chance to substitute their people. So essentially that would ruin our whole all of our tempo because the ball would be dead. We can't snap it, we can't keep playing fast. So pretty much I just have to suck it up and keep going. <laughs> keep playing until there's a dead ball and the ball goes out of bounds, incomplete pass touchdown, hopefully. That's usually what it is. You just have to go until we score, and then you're like, oh. finally, go over to <laughs> celebrate, celebrate with your teammate, and then you run off the field and get water and, and sit down on the bench and just try to recover, but that's, that's kind of <laughs> well, sure
0: you. I'm sure you played defense in high school, right? I played defense in high school a little bit. Not a whole lot, but my senior year I did. Okay. Is it easier to play tired on offense than defense? <sighs>
1: see, that's the thing. It just depends. I guess if the defense – if the offense knows a particular player is is real tired, say it's a big old defensive lineman or something, and they just know that that guy's getting worn out. Say it's a a nose guard and he's lining up in the shade on the left. Like, I'm running right there every single time because I'm trying to exploit your weakness, right? He's super tired. I know he's tired. I'm going to continue to run the ball at him because he's tired. So there, it would really be terrible to be on defense because – now you're just you're letting your team down, right? So <clears throat> I guess it's I don't know. But then on the other side, if it takes all eleven guys on offense to be able to run a play, right? So um, if one of them's la- like lacking, and if I'm tired and I miss my block, and I'm I'm the key block on a play, and then the, the play goes nowhere. So I'd say it's probably pretty, pretty, pretty equal. I'd say.
0: What do you think about Texas and Oklahoma being in the SEC? I'll be honest with you; I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around that.
1: I mean, I think. It'll be weird at first. Um, people will forget at first. I can be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like that. Yeah, that's weird. That's, that's like new Arkansas. Thing. Yeah, right. Like that's new. But after a while now, we all just kind of accept the fact that Arkansas is part of it. Now. And then after a couple years, we'll all just accept the fact that Oklahoma and Texas are in it. So I think it's cool. Um, battle of the UTs. Who's the real UT? We'll see. <laughs> I guess the time will tell. But um, I'm excited for the, for the matchups. We get to play them and stuff. So, obviously,
0: I don't think – I think that'll take place after I'll be gone, but twenty twenty five. Although some people think, have thought that Texas and Oklahoma might make an early jump. Just go ahead and like get out of a bad relationship. Right. <laughs> so, right. But we haven't heard of that yet, so it looks like you you'll probably be going as a fan or a coach. Right? Or, yeah, and I'll come back, come back and watch watch
1: some of them and see how it goes. But no, it's cool. I think it's you know SEC is the best. The best conference in, in the nation, so everybody wants to be part of it. I understand that. So, I mean, I think they're two good competitors, and they'll come in and and uh, throw a little wrench and everything. So, we'll see how see how they fare and see see how how it works out.
0: Well, the other reason I ask is because with the SEC's pre meetings going on in Destin, Florida, there has been conversation about going from uh, eight to nine permanent SEC opponents. Right. So, to me, that. To me, the schedule's tough enough. I mean, mm-hmm. there needs to be some patsies in there and maybe one non-conference opponent that you get excited about. And I see you, you don't talking about the fan base. That's my opinion. What right. is your opinion? To me, non would be too many to play. That's me.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's where – so it would be they
0: add the one and then take out one non-conference. Right. So you, say you play the same number of games, but theoretically there'd be a step up in competition, I would think. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's whatever,
1: but, you know, what I mean, like it's, it's the difference between playing South Alabama last year and then playing Texas last year when we played South Al. like, obviously you want that week, not to say it's a week off. Cause it's not at all. After I just talked about like everyone, every game is just as important because anyone can to come in and win on any given Saturday. Right. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think. You know, some games where if we're able to go out and execute, like the South Alabama game, we're able to go out and execute like we should. That also gives opportunities for all of our backups, all of our younger guys to get in and get reps, live reps um, and give them opportunities to play. So I think that's a huge part of it, too. You know, I mean, say we're say we add one more extremely competitive game and that's just, you know, 80 more reps on all of our starters versus our starters. Taking half the reps and then, you know, I mean, everyone else being able to split up. I don't know. It's just that's all also dependent on whether we actually take care of business in the first half or the first three quarters. Like we should against a the team like South Alabama. But
0: I don't know. Obviously, I'm not in a position to make the decision. But I could see you being an athletic director at some point after a successful NFL career and careers kinesiologist. You're a smart, well thought out guy. I could see a D yeah. in in your future. Athletic
1: director. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to add that to the list, see what I have to do to be able to do that. I feel like I'd have to have a, some kind of degree and education. I don't even know what you have to do to do
0: that. But. Well, it used to be you had to coach football, but that's going to change. you got to be more of a, a CEO now. So, right. but For Jacob Warren, I'm Dave Hooker. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bassy Lawn, and Garden. They bring you the ball report today. This is a production of Off the Hook Sports.